series today um, entitled In the End, In the End, um, a chronological journey concluding with God personally living with us. In the end, chronological journey with God, um, concluding with God um, personally living with us. Wow, such an awesome thought. God personally living with us. Amen. Let's look at our foundation of scripture, which is uh, Revelation 21, 1 through 3. Revelation 21, 1 through 3. Again, awesome new series, God, you join here. Again, in the end, chronological journey, concluding with God personally living with us. That's what happened? Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's look at our foundation of scripture. Revelation, Revelation 21, 1 through 3, Amplified Version. Again, Revelation 21, 1 through 3, Amplified Version. Then I then I saw, then I saw, then I, then I saw, then I saw a new heaven and new earth for the, for the first heaven and the first earth. Let me start that again. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, vanished, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, arrayed like a bride adorned for her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will live among them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Wow, that is Awesome. Praise God. There's going to be a time where God's going to personally be living with us. That is awesome. 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 In this series, we want to get to the point where we understand how, how, you know, how will that, not necessarily how that will happen, but what are some of the things that um, will lead up to that awesome time period. Amen. Amen. It's God personally living with us. That's our foundation of scripture. Amen. That is awesome. 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 God is fantastic that he has to personally live with us. So the objective for this series, uh, God's objective is to get us to a place where we gain an understanding about biblical concepts um, and the general order of events. So that we gain some understanding about some biblical concepts and the order of events. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. That's God's objective for this series. Now, in this series, God uh, will answer uh, some questions in this series, see, because what it is, some of the things that God's going to discuss um, have been areas that weren't always clear to people. Now, it's clear to God and clear in His Word, but there's, I understand that there's sometimes there have been some um, misunderstandings of, of some things. So it's God's desire always that things aren't a mystery to those who are Christians. He wants them to be clear. God's not someone who... God's ways are not mysterious, amen. I know it's a cliche that people say. It only might appear mysterious to those who may not understand and have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior yet. But for those that are Christians, God desires for us to have understanding and so that we're clear on his heart and his mind and what he wants to do in us and through us for his glory, amen. So that being the case, uh, in this series, God will handle such questions as, 
Why did God make mankind? What? What? Why did God even make mankind? Um, also, uh-oh, does God have anything to do with the death of people? Does God have anything to do with the death of people? Another question. Uh-oh, do we have a role in when or if we sleep, i.e. die? Huh? Do we have a role in when we die, i.e. sleep? Do we have a role in that? Do we have a role in that? Again, so things guys want to answer because these are some things that are out there in terms of how people interpret. Um, but God's going to provide clarity with revelation. Amen. Also, when will the rapture occur? When will the rapture occur? Is there an answer for that? God's going to make those pieces clear. All right. Also, we're going to settle the question. We're going to settle the question. God's going to settle the question. Um, when will the devil get destroyed? When will the devil get destroyed? And I guess maybe the first underlying question is that is, will the devil live forever? That's probably the underlying question. Will he live forever? Will he ever get destroyed? And so, when will the devil get destroyed? And then also, will heaven be the final destination for Christians? Will heaven be the final destination for Christians? Because we often say, and we often treat heaven as the final place, both in terms of the, our vernacular, in terms of the things that we say. So we want to kind of answer that from a biblical perspective, with biblical accuracy. Will heaven be the final place for Christians? Because we often say it and treat it as if it is. So we want to provide, you know, provide what uh, answer God has for that particular question. Amen? Alright, so now, so those are just... So he's going to, God will provide a number of uh, Revelation uh, nuggets uh, answering those questions and, and maybe some others that you may have in terms of what he is revealing to all of us. Amen. Praise God. Isn't it awesome that we have such a loving God who doesn't want to leave us in the dark? Praise God. You know, he, he maps out a plan for us to choose and receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And then once we do, then he is desirous for us to gain revelation. Uh, you know, the aha moment regarding what it means to be a kingdom citizen. So this way you're not joining something, for lack of better words, and having no understanding. No, we are becoming Christians, and he wants to illuminate and reveal things to us. Now, again, we only still overall know in part, and we'll know more when we go to physically be with him. Um, but he, but for what we, but for what he provided down here, Glory to God, he wants us to know and understand, amen, and even understand some things that are going to happen up there as well. Uh, so praise the Lord, praise the Lord. All right, so, so again, so we'll look, take a chronological journey uh, until we get to the point where we understand where God will personally be living with us. Um, before we get to that point, uh, before we get there, God wants us to have, he wants to lay some under, some, um, some foundation, some foundation items. So before we get to that point, um, God wants to lay some foundation items. So let's go ahead and get started with what God is, is doing. All right. So let's go ahead and go to actually one of those questions. Why did God make mankind? Because we're going we're we're to take it back to the beginning. So before we get to the point where God wants to personally live with us, because we saw that in our, in our foundation scripture, let's 
allow God to provide some understanding as to why he even started this whole thing. So, okay, so why did God make mankind? Let's allow, let's praise God for him answering that question. Let's look at Genesis 1 and 26. Genesis 1 and 26, Amplified Classic Version. Again, Genesis 1 and 26, Amplified Classic Version. God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beast, and over all the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. Let's go through that again. God said, let us, and we talk about us, he's talking about uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We, we understand that God is God. He's sovereign. He's three. He chose to make himself three in one. So it's not three different gods. He's three in one. He's Father God. He's Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. So he separated himself to make three in one, but they're all together. So you see, let us, that's what us is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's three. Um, make mankind in our image after our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all the earth. Wow. And over everything that creeps upon the earth. So we understand one of the reasons, uh, we understand one of the reasons, wow, so God blessed us to have authority over everything. This is God's, we're taking it back to the original blueprint. God's original blueprint was for mankind to have authority over the entire earth. Now, sometimes that may seem like wow to our minds, but we serve a wow God. And so that's exactly what his original design was. So we, we, again, before we get to the part where God's personally lived with, we need to take it back to the beginning to see what was God's original intent. Well, one of, the, one of the pieces connected with that is we understand that God created mankind to have authority over the entire earth. Imagine that. Okay? His original design. Let's, let's go on. Let's look at Isaiah 43 and 7. Again, Isaiah 43 and 7, Amplified Version. Again, God's answering the question, why did God make mankind? Isaiah 43 and 7, Amplified Version. Everyone who is called by my name... Whom I have created uh -oh, for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. Okay, well, we see the answer right there. One part we gave in regards to God wants us to have authority, and now this kind of gets to the core of it, which is God created us for his glory, to give him glory. So when you think about, a lot of times people wonder, you know, why they are born or, you know, those kind of pieces. We got to know the only reason we are born, the only reason, the, with a capital T, capital H, capital E, the only reason we are born is to glorify God. That may seem basic, that may seem simple, but when we understand and get revelation on that concept, then it guides us the rest of our lives in terms of the things that we do. Because if the things that we do aren't giving God glory and praise and worship and giving him glory, then we got to say we are getting off on what and why he created us. Why you were born during this dispensation, during this time period, during another time period. Again, when other people were born, all right? 
Let's look at some more proof texts. Isaiah 43 and 21. Isaiah 43 and 21, Amplified Version. The people whom I formed for myself will make known my praise. Again, the people whom I have formed, I'm sorry, the people whom I formed for myself will make known my praise. Again, we are born to give God glory. So we're not born to make ourselves happy. Now, yes, operating in God is a we have a we have his joy in us and there is joyful in all the things and blessings and all that he has for us. So yes, as a as a overflow of praising and glorifying God as a lifestyle, then yeah, certainly as an overflow, we get to enjoy life and have an abundant life in all areas. Praise God. The core has to be that we are glorifying God. It is all about him. This is the original blueprint. Alright? Let's look at some more proof text. Let's look at Colossians 1 and 16. Colossians 1 and 16, New Living Translation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see, uh-oh, and the things we can't see. Let's go through that again. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Got that? So everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. And God's going to talk about the different kinds of heavens as well in this series. Um, and on earth. Uh, he made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen realm. And I'm sorry, in the unseen world. Everything, uh-oh, here we go, was created through him and for him. Wow, this makes it real crystal clear that everything you can even think of, things in the unseen realm and things in the seen realm, everything all around, including us, God created for the purpose of him, for him, to glorify him. Again, he is the manufacturer of everything you see and think of from a godly perspective. And so from that liking, again, taking it back to the beginning, we have to have this Again, he's, God is laying some foundation because if we understand this mindset that God created us and particularly everything around for him and to glorify him, it helps us understand why he loved, in part, why he loves us so much and why he did the things he did and will be doing later on. And it also helps, hopefully can help us guide our lives to say, let me get back to the original plan of the manufacturer is to glorify him and all the things that I say and I do. Amen? Wow, praise God. Again, that was Colossians 1 and 16. Praise God, praise God. Now, that being the case, so we understand that aspect, taking it back to the original intent of why God created mankind was to certainly have authority, but most importantly to glorify and worship and praise him and live a life uh, for him and through him. Now let's bump it up the chronology a little bit, a little bit more. Now you understand his uh, mindset from that perspective. Now let's go to another area further up the chronology. All right, let's look at Genesis 2, 15 through 17. And we're also going to couple that with Genesis 3, 6 through 7, as well as 17 and 19. All the New Living Translations. Let me say those again. This is going to be all coupled together. So Genesis 2, 
15 through 17. Then we're going to go to Genesis 3, 6 through 7, and then 17 and 19, 17 through 19, New Living Translation. Again, we're going up the chronology a little bit. The Lord God placed man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Again, thinking about God's plan was for man to have for mankind to have dominion and to have authority over everything. We read that, right? So now we're moving up and seeing how he's actually applying this. The Lord God placed man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Okay? But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Alright, so we understand from the mindset of God, he created man to, to glorify and worship him. And he gave man the ability to have the authority over everything, mankind. So now, that was God's mindset, so now he went ahead and created uh, this man. But now he gave him some set of instructions saying, hey, you have authority over these things. But he gave him some instructions with an expectation that he was going to obey. So God created this system with the desire that mankind will obey. All right? So we understand that. In this particular case, we understand, well, a lot of us may understand, that this man that, uh, that uh, God was referring to was Adam, or specifically Adam, uh, which is in the Hebrew means mankind. So we understand that in Adam was the entirety of us all. Well, what does that mean, Pastor Mike? Well, what that means is we were spiritually all in Adam. He alone represented mankind. So the same, so the power that he had, we were going to have as mankind. So as he does things, we had that same power. But at the same time, if he messed up, that impacted us as well. So it was, he was all in one. He, Adam means mankind. Amen? All right, that's in the Hebrew. So now let's go, let's go on to, to chapter 3, verse 6 through 7. Again, Genesis chapter 3, 6 through 7, continuing on. And so some backdrop with this, I think a, a lot of you may know. Uh, there was a serpent um, in the garden. He came and tried to uh, convince the woman to do some things that she shouldn't have done and really try to uh, ask her and really have her try to think and to question what God told her. So as a backdrop to that, the instructions, the scripture we just read, God gave those instructions. Uh, men, you really need to listen to this. God gave those instructions to Adam, who represented mankind. So we have to understand that it was then Adam's responsibility to then teach the woman. So men, as husbands, one of the roles that we have in terms of being a husband role is to make sure that we are continuing to learn God's word and, and learn more about him so that he may use us to, to, be, to teach within our household, in particular to the women. Now, to be clear, that does not mean women don't go to service and children don't go to service. No, no, no. He, God made that part clear. There's not even there is neither male nor female nor Jew nor Greek. So that's the same. Because we all supposed to learn. We all got an individual responsibility to learn and grow. But that's one of the uh, roles that we have uh, as men is to make sure that we also have an element that we're also uh, teaching our wives. But that means we gotta we gotta be eating and learning the word too. Now, they, your wives and, and your children should be individually growing and learning as well. But that's just a piece that we got to have. So it was Adam's responsibility to then take those instructions that God gave him 
and then also pass it on to the woman as well so that she had understanding because God wanted them both to obey this important piece about not eating of that particular tree because all the other trees they could have remember he had that authority all right so let's take it further so then there was the servant came tried to convince the woman to not um, to, to question God's words all right and then um, so let's take it let's take it from there the woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom now they had already had wisdom like they already had everything um, I may say this later uh, God may say it later but here's the thing well, let me, this, this is going. Uh, thank the Holy Spirit. All right. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Now, notice, it says, then she gave. Now, notice, here's a, here's a key piece. Notice nothing happened when she took the fruit and ate it. Nothing happened when she took the fruit and ate it from a, from a, Subsequent impact perspective. Now let's go on. Then she gave some of the she gave some to her husband, who had already been told specifically directly by God not to, to eat it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. Now let's see what happens. At that moment, their eyes were open. So we see the instructions were given to Adam specifically. And because he, all of us were in him, Adam was representing mankind. So we see, certainly there was disobedience when Eve listened to the serpent and, um, and ate, or the woman rather, at that point. But the impact, the overflow impact, was when Adam chose to eat. All right? At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. You see some other scriptures, if you do some study of this, you see the other scriptures prior to that. It says they were naked and unashamed earlier. Alright? So, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Now, let's, let's look a little further. Let's travel a little down a little further. Now, let's go on to, uh, again, same chapter, chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. Again, just laying some foundation here. Taking it back to the beginning, because before we get to that point um, where the end result was regarding God's person living with us, we need to take it back to the beginning. We understood God's why He created mankind. Now we see how He applied what He wanted. He created a man, gave the man some instructions, and set up a system. All right? Verse 17 through 19, chapter 3, Genesis 3, 17 through 19, New Living Translation. And, the, and, and prior to these verses, so once God, well, God knew because God's all knowing. Um, but once they really uh, made it known that they messed up, God dealt with the serpent. He talked to the serpent. He talked to the woman. And now we're going to take it down where he's actually talking to the man, the one who actually had the impact with regards to mankind. He says, And to the man, he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit. I command you not to eat the ground. Underline that. Highlight it. Bold it. How you want to do it. The ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle. I'm sorry. Struggle 
to scratch a living from it, it will grow, <clears throat> excuse me, it will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat its for its grains. By the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return, uh-oh, until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and from dust you will return. So we understand this is a general summary. We really have to understand this. Once Adam, who had mankind in him, once he disobeyed and ate the fruit, it impacted everything. Sin was now in the world. The entire, hear me on this. No, forget me. Hear God on this. The whole physical structure of this planet, this earth was all at this point in time in sin and now beginning to decay. It impacted this physical earth, the ground, everything, the, this whole atmosphere. It impacted. You see a few things. Now, now we have to labor for food before we didn't have to. All these things. Now we're going to, well, you know, uh, work hard and experience uh, tribulations in the earth and all those things. Be clear. It wasn't that God cursed. God set up a system with desiring that man would obey. Once Adam did that, he then allowed the curse in. So it wasn't that God set the curse. God set up the system for people to obey. When mankind didn't obey, it allowed the curse in that physically impacted this entire world. Not only the physical structure and everything else, but also mankind. So when people are born, we're now unfortunately born in a sin, shaped in iniquity. So right, that's it's it's unfortunate, but that's what happened. It wasn't that God sent the curse, it's Adam's disobedience that allowed the curse into this earth. So again, as we're thinking about God's plan, we uh, moving forward in the chronology, it was it was a it was a messed up moment. Uh, uh, for Adam, and which impacted the overflow of mankind. This is important as we under, we have to understand these pieces. So that being the case, we have to understand things that are going on now. Uh oh, and God's gonna make it even more clear later in the series. God doesn't cause bad things to happen. It was because of the fall of man, Adam buying the fruit, that allowed the bad things into this earth. God is not causing bad things to happen. He'll make that clear later on in the series. It was all because of Adam's sin. So things like, even things like typhoons and earthquakes, hey, even rain and snow. What? You mean rain and snow? Look, if you take it back in, this, in the scriptures when it says, and they were naked and unafraid, no one's going to walk around naked in rain. So it was beautiful weather. So even all of those things, hey, even God will say even education came with the fall of man. Well, education is a good thing. And a natural, yeah, go, go ahead and get your high school diploma, college degrees, all that. I believe in it. I got some myself. Praise God, but God be the glory. But education is from the fall of man. Why do you say that? Because before Adam bit the fruit, he had direct revelation. You don't get any higher than that. God was talking to him directly and giving him instructions about all the things he needed to do. 
So we don't we didn't need to go to a college or to a high school or to an elementary school to get information. He had everything he needed. So again, it shifted and changed everything. We gotta understand that. All right? Very, very important. Very, very important. And including, as we read this last line here, uh, or part of it, it says, uh, again, by the sweat of your brow, will you have food to eat until you reach, uh oh, here it is, until you return to the ground. God will get into this, but to be clear, it was never, hear God clearly, it was never part of God's original design for mankind to die. Again, it was never part of God's original plan for mankind to die. He did not create something to die. Why? Because the purpose was to glorify Him. Prior to the biting of the fruit, it was going to be long and everlasting life directly, like we will get into it later, but like we have now. But from that perspective, it was never part of God's plan for mankind to physically die. You see, he made it clear here. Now, because of that disobedience, people have to return to the ground. And you see here, for you were made from dust, and from dust you will return. This was all from a biblical accuracy perspective in terms of context of scripture. He was making clear things that now have to happen, things that were allowed to happen, really, as a result of Adam's sin. He just did a general summary. So again, it was never part of God's plan for mankind to physically die in his original plan. Amen? You've got to get an understanding of this. Let's move on. Romans 8, 20b through 22. Romans 8, 20b as in boy through 22, New Living Translation. Again, praise God, we, we, we're getting some learning with some stuff. But with eager hope, Here's another proof text. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. So there's some proof text, the further proof text here. Again, this whole physical structure, everything that God created with regards to this old physical structure of this planet started to be in ruin and being in sin. And you see here, there's another proof text. But the whole physical creation of this earth, this structure, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children. So clearly in this context, he was not talking about God's children in terms of that part of creation, even though we are created by God. But in context, it's talking about the creation of everything else outside of God's children. Glory to God. The earth, the physical structure is waiting. Glory to God. For, for, towards uh, his creation, look forward to the day when it will join, come together, God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay, which means this creation, this whole earth, the physical, everything God created from that perspective is in uh, death and in decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Wow. So even this whole physical structure, this whole earth is waiting, according to God, for that glorious time it will be released and free from death and decay. Because currently it's going through pains of childbirth. Again, so everything that you see that's challenging, 
people passing away, people dying, sickness, disease, typhoons, tornadoes. That's not God. That's all as a result of the sin that was let in through Adam's disobedience. So let's charge it to the sin and not ever again charge it to God. So this may make the insurance companies a little challenged, but here's the thing. So when you see things that say uh, uh, acts of God, no, 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 no. Negative things are not acts of God. They are acts of this curse coming in through Adam's disobedience. They are not acts of God. Do not associate God with bad things nor death. But he'll get into that later on in the series as well. Again, praise God, praise God. Again, God is laying, we're taking a chronological journey of having some understanding of events with some biblical accurate concepts. We have to start attributing and praising God for what he needs to be praised for and anything negative, giving it <laughs> glory God to glory God to the enemy who was obviously through the serpent. Amen. So no longer attribute anything negative with God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, oops, wrong sheet there. All right. Now, in God's love, again we understand He created us with authority, but the purpose is to glorify Him, and He created us for Him. And then he applied that by creating mankind, gave mankind some instructions. Again, we're just kind of going up the chronology. Mankind disobeyed, Adam disobeyed, and allowed the curse of sin, this whole physical structure being messed up. Praise God for him being sovereign, because God foreknew. So because of that, God has a plan which shows his love for us. To bring us back. Let's look at this. Romans 8. I'm sorry. I apologize. Romans 5 and 19. Romans 5 and 19. New King James Version. For as by one man's disobedience. Many were made sinners. At that point. That one man. We're talking about Adam. Uh oh. So also. By one man's obedience. Many will be made righteous. Wow. So the scripture is telling us, Paul saying here through God in, in to the church in Rome, hey, look, because of Adam's disobedience, we fall, we're born into sin. But through one man's obedience, where Adam disobeyed, one man's obedience, we're talking about Jesus Christ, glory God, we can be made righteous and be restored prior, right back to prior to uh, Adam sinning. Praise God. Righteous means we are in right standing. So you don't do anything to become righteous. When you choose to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are made righteous. It's a gift from God. Praise the Lord. That's a good thing. So we don't do anything for righteousness. But when you do receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are righteous. So you no longer have to walk around um, not understanding that you're righteous. So you don't have to walk around um, feeling a false sense of uh, humility. Now, at the same time, don't think too highly of yourself. It's worse than that either. But just know, receive the gift God gave you, which is he gave you the gift of righteousness and being justified. Amen. Praise God. Isn't that, isn't that awesome that God had a plan that even though Adam messed up, God had a plan to get us right back? Look, it's very important that we understand when we choose to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he brings us right back to where we were as mankind for those who choose to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Right back to 
where we were as mankind before Adam sinned. Glory to God. We had the same power Adam had once we received Jesus our Lord and Savior prior to the fall of man. Well, that being the case, that was God's plan. So then how do we do that? How do we then, how do we then take on uh, having Jesus as our Lord and Savior? Because it says that so also about one man's obedience, many were made righteous. Well, how do we, be, how do we become righteous? How do we get made righteous? Well, let's look. Romans 10, 9 through 10. Romans 10, 9 through 10. Amplified Classic. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and in your heart believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Wow. So now let's look at this. So we understand Adam messed up. God had a plan to, to restore people back to him. And the way to do that is that if we... Because we're born into sin. So that being the case, we then have to make the choice to follow the process to be made righteous. Well, that way is, and we learned it from another series, the Holy Spirit draws us to have the curiosity and desire to want to do this. And what it happens is there's a, a, a feeling in our heart that we know that we want to change. That whatever we do, I don't care the, the natural baddest thing or the person who didn't do the natural baddest thing. Either way, the Holy Spirit will draw us to have a desire in our heart to want to make a change. When that happens, your heart is now in a repenting mode. You can reference Luke 13 and 3, and that word repent means metanolio in the Greek, which is you have a change of heart and mind towards sin. So when that begins to happen, then you follow the next step in this process, which is here, that if you confess from a sincere perspective, from a sincere heart, because your heart is now already wanting to change, have a change in life, and you say, I now receive, I now uh, receive, uh, and make, I'm sorry, I now say that Jesus is my Lord, and then you do that with the confession of your mouth. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So again, your heart's in a repenting mode, you say you want to make a change, and then you then, out of a sincere heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord from a sincere place, and that you believe that God raised him from the dead. When you do that, you are now saved. Wow, that means you are now back to where Adam was before he bit the fruit. You are now made righteous. You are now the just. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. The just means you are now justified. It's as you're just as if you've never sinned. Wow, but I know I just sinned two days ago if you're saying that. Well, because of Jesus' sacrifice, when you choose to say that you want to have a change of heart and mind towards sin, your heart's in a repenting mode, and you do what the Bible says, which is you confess him as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, that's it. You're now saved. According to God, we'll talk, and I think we talked about this before, from that point on, now you know you have to grow and develop in learning how to be a kingdom citizen because once you're saved, you're now a kingdom citizen. So you need to receive some Bible teaching and get in the Word and understand what it means to be a Christian. That's how you continue to grow and develop. Praise God, let's go on. So it says, continuing on with, uh, with the verse, it says, 
For with the heart a person believes, adheres to, uh, trusts in, and relies on Christ, and so is justified, again, just as if we never sinned, declared righteous, acceptable to God. So again, so as Christians, we got to make sure we, we, we don't come with an unintentional sense of false humility or you're so unworthy. No, no, you are worthy. I agree with you that you didn't do anything to make yourself righteous and worthy, because that's what the Word says. But when you do that, you are unintentionally not receiving the free gift God gave you. So you are worthy. Not that you made yourself worthy, but He made you worthy. Because that was the case. If you think you're unworthy, then you're looking at God as if unintentionally. Because I know this is not intentional. But you might be unintentionally saying to God that He made a mistake. No, God, again, take it back to what was God's original plan for mankind was to glorify Him. Well, He's only going to save the, the species that will glorify Him. So He says you're worthy. Glory to God. And then when you take this step, you now receive the gift, the free gift of being worthy, of being justified, of being righteous. Hallelujah. Now again, this is not for you to walk around and, and step on people and, and be conceited. No, 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 no. It's out of you, a heart of humility that you receive being righteous. Amen? And with the mouth he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith, and confirms his salvation. Wow. So that's the process. So again, we're understanding God's heart. Was he, we understand, even though Adam's disobedience, we understand one man uh, brought it back and made us righteous. Our steps to receive that righteousness are to do the things that God just said. Confess from the sincere heart when you're repenting, from receive from the sincere heart, and then confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, and believe that God raised him from the dead. Praise God, you are now made righteous. That is awesome. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thus, so that being the case, we have to understand that we understand that God had an original plan for mankind. Um, so as saved people, we now need to understand that we have, we take on Christ. He's in us and through us. And we now carry the mantle of what God's system is in heaven. And we take that system and spread it on the earth. Why is that? Because God's desire is that everyone receives Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's unfortunate because the word makes it clear that unfortunately the road is wide for those that are going to hell. So that's unfortunate. But we got to do all we can to be vessels for the Holy Spirit to help draw people to receive Jesus. Well, the Holy Spirit does the drawing. To receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Why? Because God's desire is that many people, really all, but unfortunately some people will choose not to, receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So God's desire is that once we do this process that, we just, that God just outlined, and we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we then take on his crown and take that mantle of the way the system operates in heaven and we spread it down here in the earth. That system, as you learned before in the prior, you can look at the, our YouTube channel for the series, Understanding with regards to the Kingdom of God. The Kingdom of God is God's system, method, and way of doing things. That's the way things are done, glory to God, in heaven. So that being the case, he wants us to now take what's in heaven, on earth, and spread it, advance his kingdom. What are the ways God thinks about things? What's his system? What's his method? What's his way of doing things? 
as Christians, because now that we're saved, like the process we just talked about, we are now ambassadors. Ambassador is one who represents the place where he's from, and even though he's in a foreign land, he or she operates that way and spreads that. So we are now Christians, if you chose to do that process, we are now ambassadors of the way God operates and we and even though we are in a foreign land because we're really from God and from heaven we are now in a foreign land with regards to how this world system is physically down here on earth so now we are ambassadors for Christ down here and you can reference 2 Corinthians 5 and 20 with the responsibility of operating and living and spreading the way God will have things to operate and to do which is the kingdom of God now Spreading that kingdom, you can also reference Luke 17 and 20 through 21. Again, Luke 17 and 20 through 21, as well as Luke 9 and 2. And we're doing this for God's glory. Amen. So now, we understand with this series, God is providing some um, understanding, most importantly, some revelation, or along with that revelation, on some biblical concepts and some events in terms of, some biblical events in terms of the, uh, the when and how and why things will occur. So we understand today what God was doing was laying some foundation to say, let's take it back to the beginning. What was God's original blueprint in terms of why he created mankind? So God talked about that. And we understand God applied what he desired by creating a human being. He created both the man and the woman. That man was Adam. He gave Adam some instructions. Hey, continue to live like this. I just, he just wanted him to obey because God set that system for him to obey. When Adam unfortunately chose to disobey, Adam, not God, Adam allowed in the curse that impacted not only this world, this physical structure of this world, but also mankind. Well, God's in his infinite love, we learn that even though Adam disobeyed, he sent his son that through his son's obedience will bring us and restore us back to the way God originally planned for us to have, what God prior to the fall of man. The only difference now is this physical earth and structure is already still messed up. So now we have the same power that Adam had prior to the fall, but now we have to apply it in a world that's already physically messed up into, a, a, into a human beings and, and mankind that's messed up. So now we have, to, we have that power, but yet we're also currently in a physical structure world, not only a physical world, but also a world system, um, which is from the enemy, and we have the responsibility of advancing God's kingdom and being his ambassadors. Amen. So we want to make sure um, we are doing that and taking on his mantle. In this series, God is going to continue to illuminate um, and bring revelation on some of the things that we may have heard or, or understood differently. And praise God, we have such a loving God. He wants to bring clarity and understanding and revelation. Amen. Give God glory. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. All right. All right. Now, one of the things we learned um, in this, in, in general, but in particular, in this uh, part of this series, we learned why, one of the reasons why God sent his son was to redeem us, glory to God, so that we could be made righteous. That's awesome. So if there's anyone that hasn't yet chosen to take on the, the, the love and receive the love from Jesus Christ and you don't currently have him as your Lord and Savior, this is an opportunity. 
Remember, God talked earlier that the Holy Spirit is going to draw you. Why? Because there, you may get to a point where you are feeling that you want to change, that you've been going through either a lot of things, or if you haven't, in theory, been going through a lot of bad things, you just understand you, something's got to be different. Praise God. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. So if you now are at a point where you say you want to make a change, that's a good thing. That means your heart is in a repenting mode. Now, what you want to do is you want to take that next step and say you want to embrace Jesus because he's drawing and embracing you. And it's not that you had to do anything perfect. Yeah, you may have been in the club last night. You may have been doing all kinds of different things. Well, guess what? <laughs> Before we got saved, we were doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff, too. And after we become Christians, guess what? We ain't perfect. We still growing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So even after you become Christian, don't. Don't allow the enemy to throw in that you have to be perfect because you do not as a Christian. We are all continuing to grow and being developed, praise the Lord, until Jesus comes, amen, which we're going to learn about later on. So that being the case, with all that information, um, please allow it to be revelation to you, that aha moment to know God wants to accept you right where you are. Not that you had to do anything perfect. You don't have to come to him perfect. None of us did, amen, and we're still growing and learning. But he just wants you to be his friend. He just wants to help you, guide you, bring you back to the original plan that God had for you, um, and help you grow and develop to be all that God has for you. So if there's anyone that wants to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, glory to God. Hey, praise God. You just raise your, your, your hand right there, and you can, just from your heart, uh, say these words and repeat after me. Say, Father, I thank you. Thank you for putting in me a desire to want to change. I confess that Jesus is now my Lord and Savior and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. So Father, I thank you for allowing me now to be a Christian. I receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey man, praise God. Congratulations. Praise God. You are, oh, God is awesome in you. That means you are now a kingdom citizen. Kingdom is God's system method way. Kingdom of God is God's system method of way of doing things. That means you are now a kingdom citizen. Well, no pressure. What we want to do is please send us, put, please either put it in the chat or send us an email at utbaa2020 at gmail.com. Just send us that because we want to, we, we, we are uh, praising God. The Bible says heaven is rejoicing right now just because of you. All people, heaven is rejoicing just because you made that choice. So we are rejoicing with you. Praise God. So now, like, like us, you now uh, want to take on understanding now what it means to be a Christian. Amen. So you want to get to a Bible teaching church. Uh, certainly UTBAA is, is one of them, but it's a, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of local assemblies out there. UTBAA is just one local assembly where you learn what it means um, to be a Christian. Amen? So you want to get to a Bible teacher church, uh, Bible teacher local assembly, and send us an email because we want to be able to send you some resources to help you along in your journey. And certainly feel free to tune into it digitally, and certainly feel free to come and assemble with God's local assembly um, personally as well. Congratulations. Now, the next altar call will be for anyone that may have already previously had received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but somehow got off. Well, 
Praise the Lord, we have such a loving Lord. He didn't forget you. He didn't forget you. He wants to draw you right back and have and place you right back where you were and have you continue to learn and grow and develop. So if that's being the case, if you want to re rededicate your life to the Lord, just from your heart, just say these words. Say, Father, forgive me. Please allow me. Oh, I got to get, to get right back on track. I dedicate my life to you through Jesus Christ. I ask it. I call it done. And I receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Welcome back. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may have already gone to uh, understood through. Now we want to we uh, send us an email as well to that same email, utbaa2020 at gmail.com. We want to be able to send you some resources to now help you grow and develop so that whatever might have been, whatever temptation may have taken you off of your path of growing with God, we want to, um, to send you some stuff through God to help you stay on track and grow and develop. And don't look for things to be perfect um, in terms of that, but you can grow and be perfected in areas where, where it may have been a challenge before. Why? Perfected means not being doing everything perfectly right, but being mature in that area. But to do that, you have to get some understanding about what it is that you need to do so that, that those issues, that those items that may have gotten you off before are no longer a temptation for you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Next Two other calls. If there's anyone who wants to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, well, you may have heard, and it is biblically accurate, that if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, where spirit, soul, and body, you now have a, uh, the Holy Spirit with you. You have a renewed spirit. That's good. Praise God. So you already have the Holy Spirit with you, but receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit now takes that relationship to a deeper, another level. You will then have the infilling, the indwelling with the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Why? The Bible says for the purpose of power to further advance the kingdom of God. Amen? So, that being the case, it also comes with the common evidence of speaking another tongue. There's another prayer language. So, you want to reference God's series on our YouTube channel in regards to understanding the Holy Spirit. So, if you want to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, it has to be done by faith. And the Bible says all you got to do is ask. Right? Isn't God so awesome? He doesn't make things complicated. He doesn't make things complicated. He just wants you to just ask and ask in faith. So just repeat after me. Say, Father, please bless me with the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I receive him in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. Holy God. You may already be uh, praying and speaking in tongues right there. But either way, whether you're praying in tongues, there's an unknown prayer language. Again, go to the series. Or if you're currently not, you still receive the baptism. You still have the Holy Spirit with you. Praise God. Because the Holy Spirit is more than just tongues. Glory to God. But he includes tongues. He's more than just tongues. So you now have a helper, anointed helper with you to help guide you in things you God has for you to do for him. Glory to God. Praise God. And the final call, if there's anyone who wants us to stand in agreement with regards to your healing, it is God's desire that we walk around in divine health, including being whole. God does not what a sick. You'll learn that a little bit more in this series. God has nothing to do with sickness and death. That is not God. If that was the case, we say this often here, God says, look, if that was the case, that he has a real disobedient son, <laughs> Jesus certainly would run around healing people. Well, no, that's not the case. Jesus wasn't disobedient. He was obedient to what God's will was. God's will is his word, and his word is clear that he wants us healed. He wants us walking around healthy. Why is that? 
because the only way God operates on this earth, now God is sovereign, he can do whatever he wants to do, but he set up a structure and a system that the only way anyone can operate on this earth is in a physical earth suit, i.e. bodies. If that's the case, well, he needs these bodies to operate and be well because that's the only way God operates through this earth, is in this earth, is through people. Glory to God. So that being the case, well, God wants you whole. He wants you healed. Amen. So that being the case, we can stand in agreement with you. So, that, so if you need it, you can repeat these words. Say, Father, I understand that by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. So, Father, please remove the issue from my already healed body for the issue and its cause to never again return. Father, your word says all the promises of God in Jesus are yes and in Jesus, amen. And Father, your word says you who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him freely give us all things? So I ask these things and I receive them in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. Continue to walk out your healing, glory to God. Paul says, glory to God. So we just stand in agreement that God removed the issue from your already healed body. Glory to God. Whether it was instantaneous or whether it's over time, glory to God, either way it's spiritually done, you just receive it and walk in it. Praise God, praise God. So, hey, we want to say we love you. We thank you so much for you obeying God and turning on to receive from him this morning. Not from me, not from the Jane Milana die. You receive from God through us. Amen. Praise God, because we receive as well. So we thank you for making that choice because you choose you could have chosen not to. So we thank you for choosing to receive, to obey God, to turn on this, the the, uh, the Facebook Live channel today, and to receive from Him. So we pray and stand in agreement with all that God uh, did in and through you and received, that you received this morning, in Jesus' name. So we want to say we love you, and we see you next week, both in person and digitally. We love you.